Hey guys, welcome back to Screenworthy, brought to you by The Mind Refinery. I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. This week we're talking about the 30th anniversary of James Cameron's visionary action sci-fi flick, Terminator 2, as well as a little chat about the many saints of Newark and an announcement of a new series coming up on the show. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have time, follow The Mind Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. Alright guys, here today to talk about the 30th anniversary of James Cameron's incendiary film, Terminator 2, our Mind Refinery creatives, John Neal. Hi. And Boyan Nedich. Yo. Okay guys, uh, gloomy day in the city today, um, I want to get right to it. First off, I, I want to start by talking a little bit about the trailer that dropped last week for The Many Saints of Newark. Obviously, the pandemic has been fucking up Warner's and everyone else's program, uh, for that matter. And, uh, you know, this was supposed to be released in March 2020, but they're going at it this fall. What did we think of the trailer? Well, 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 well. I know, Boyan, you're not a big Sopranos guy, right? I I just never got around to watching it, but I will eventually. And Kyle, you are. Or we are, rather, big Sopranos people. So Yeah, I fucking love it. So obviously, we're just eating this shit up. Just straight up. The trailer shows the perfect amount of stuff to get me intrigued in what's going on. Because like, if I've watched a couple trailer breakdowns now, and there's already, like I don't know, 15 references from the show like in the trailer. So, I mean, I'm already feeling pretty good about it. The guys on YouTube went in on it. They were just like, there's well, this. Well, they always do. There's right? this. There's this one shoelace that they got. And that, like, they use that <laughs> in this. Yeah. But no, it's it's great. I'm feeling I'm feeling great about it. David Chase is going to knock it out of the park. I can already tell. Yeah, I mean, David Chase is a fucking. I mean, his genius is without question at this point, and I'm glad that he was the one. I mean, obviously, he's going to be the one who's helming it. It's his baby. Um, obviously, The Sopranos being one of the uh, most important shows in the history of television, it kind of really kicked off this like premium television and television challenging feature film in terms of the dominant story writing uh sorry you know storytelling situation on screen and i think it definitely did it looks like it's doing enough on the artistic standpoint but also like paying the necessary fan service that anything would that that anything like this would supposed to be doing so i thought it was really cool it's good to see ray liotta getting some reps in there too face (laughs) is looking a little rough but i think he's uh you know he's more than game for this and you know i mean like uh, i mean first of all what do we think about you know the younger gandolfini in this like how do we like how does he look like he's he's going to be doing it i mean from everything i've seen so far so good obviously we don't have to worry about him physically looking like tony because i mean he's the spitting image of him pretty much when he was uh when he was younger i think the big thing for me we'll have to see is how he more or less falls into an earlier version of the character like are his mannerisms going to be the same are you know like is his sort of like voice going to sound similar to the way he enunciates certain words and stuff like that because there's so many like iconic tony soprano like catchphrases right yeah like the, right like like the first one of the trailer is i think what did you say right when he calls him a jerk off or whatever and tony says that a lot in the fucking show like that's like his line all the time right during this show so good start but like we'll have to see how it goes but so far i'm liking what i'm seeing my question on that is that would you want like it could come off as hokey to just hey here's a here's a list of you know ticks mm-hmm. and uh, mannerisms that that he did let's just copy them like 
you know they could come off like a wink to the audience as a you know we'll, we'll see we'll see i mean i i i'm gonna see it anyways even i want to see the experience without knowing the series in fairness though like if someone was making a biopic about my life or something like that or made a movie about my life you'd have to include the younger kyle calling people pieces of shit at 20 (laughs) and then at 35 as well so like it's one of those (laughs) things where there are through lines you know well i'm interested is there was there like an inciting incident or like a thing that 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 led to you calling people pieces of shit for the first time was there like an aha light bulb moment where you're like this just feels (laughs) right he is from new jersey i mean i guess you could go back to like content like you know revolutionary era new jersey to come and find why people in new jersey particularly acted the way they acted (laughs) i mean we have to go back to the 1770s in order to figure out why people from new jersey were calling people jerk offs all the time yeah yeah i I think that also one thing that i i want to announce on this is that in preparation like we've been preparing for you know the release of dune but we're also now with the and we're coming to the end of that but with uh the many saints of newark dropping we are in preparation for this uh we are going to be deep diving into the sopranos season by season we are very excited for it it's going to be good it's going to be a non-stop thrill ride, if I <laughs> do say so myself. Yes, I, I'm excited. Uh, obviously, I've seen the show uh, probably twice all the way through at this point, but I'm definitely looking forward to revisiting some some episodes because there's a lot of stuff in that show. It's, it is a jam-packed fucking series that has just a ton of stuff going on. And uh, yeah, it'll be great to see how everything kind of begins with this with this flick that's coming out. You know, this sounds this sounds like a like a perfect opportunity to, for me to actually start watching the series. Just I think any time, Boyan, is well, really a good time, opportunity. But also, like if I'm if, <laughs> if if I'm recording with you guys, then I get to like be the like uh, first my like my first experience with it. I'd be interested to, in to see what you think about seeing everything. And I don't know what's coming up, yeah. right? I would only know that season. So like. You yeah. get to hear all my crazy ideas about what's going to happen. I think. Well, mm-hmm. you got to start watching right now because yeah. we're yeah, well, like we're we're offloading this. We're looking to start, you know, recording next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. get on her. I think what will happen is once you get moving on it, you'll just. I'm I'm a massive yeah. binge watcher. Yeah, you're I a have binge a problem. Watcher. I have a problem, and and it sometimes it results in like ten hours of of a series in a day. Well, that's good because each episode is about an hour long, and there's more than ten episodes per season. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Be yeah, what, what am I looking at here? Is, is this like old school TV where there's like thirty? Episodes? No, no, no. This is like no. ten to twelve. You're looking at a okay. sixty hour commitment. Yeah, this I can, is the. I can do that in a day. This is the beginning of the Game of Thrones style like television. Yeah, series, this right, is right. really the beginning of premium television and like yeah. the real golden era of TV that we've currently of content that we've gotten in. I mean, you know, for if you're HBO, you have this and Sex in the City dropping at roughly the mm-hmm. same time yeah. with I believe Larry Sanders ending its run. So, you're really what you're really doing is you're having three influential TV shows all happening around the same time. The Wire comes soon after The Sopranos yeah. and yeah. you know, you're really looking at HBO laying the groundwork for what they become and just really kind of absolutely 
absolutely just like hitting all the points both from a commercial and artistic standpoint just yeah. tell me that it ends better than game of thrones i, I don't oh. have to know anything about it just that it doesn't that it ends better. well it's oddly enough it's it's contrary yeah, i was gonna say the of course with a great show like this i mean it's controversial but yes it's better there's sure controversial better. and there's just like we give up who gives a fuck and we're walking away <laughs> type of ending okay. well I, I definitely don't feel like they <laughs> yeah. did that yeah. that's for no. sure yeah. I'm okay with controversial as long as it you know it's it's done out of love. You're not watching like the final season isn't like watching a giant train wreck like the no. ent- almost the entire <laughs> last season and a half of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. right? It's just more like like I mean the the end of the run was marred by you know are they going to are they going to do the final seasons and such again because there was like contract talks and all this kind of stuff, but it wasn't like we have two showrunners who are trying to busily get busily get into their star wars series that isn't going to happen yeah you know by ending it so like it's controversial a lot of people don't like the ending but i don't hear people a lot of people saying the entire sixth uh season is a is a waste uh quite no, to the contrary not at all so i want to get into terminator 2 guys you know one of our favorite flicks here is celebrating its 30th birthday uh, this year. Uh, the second installment in the Terminator franchise, which was started in 1984 with the release of Terminator 1, a jarring, intense movie starring Linda Hamilton, Michael Bain, Arnold, the Governor Schwarzenegger. Uh, it was a good film, kind of cringy at times. They mentioned PCP in it, so it was hilarious. <laughs> but it was really Terminator 2 that brought the franchise into the forefront, further solidified Arnold as a star made Linda Hamilton a completely viable action star in her own right, even more than the first one. This one, she was, that one, she was kind of running away. This one, she is a certified badass. Uh, Edward Furlong as completely annoying, and <laughs> Robert Patrick as forever fucking creepy, but he was so good at the same time. We're going to get into yeah. the performances, but um, 590 million domestic and was credited for advancing both digital and computer effects and filmmaking, a very influential movie. Uh, thank you, Industrial Lights and Magic, along with Skywalker mm-hmm. Sound as well to get into it. But still, we have to give credit to the visionary James Cameron, who is often too many is often too visionary at times. But I digress. So <laughs> what I want to do is, and we're going to start with you, Boyan. Uh, where, like, wh- when did you see Terminator Two for the first time? What were your initial thoughts? I'm pretty sure I was still in Serbia when I saw it. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I don't think I, it was even translated or anything. That, but action just speaks for itself. So I was probably uh, nine, maybe like eight, something like that, when I saw it. And uh, it, I, I mean, I really lo- watched a lot of action movies when I was growing up, and that was kind of my thing. Yeah, it still to me stands, you know, as the best action movie ever made. I loved it when I was a kid. I was, I was, I've seen it hundreds of times, and. The first time I saw T2, I was probably five or six, give or take. I've never seen it in the theater because I was too young uh, at the time. I would have been, it came out in 91, I would have been three years old. So it would have been considered child abuse if you went? I think they probably <laughs> would have arrested my parents if they took me in when I was three years old. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, that's probably the first time I saw it. I saw it, I don't know how many times since then, tens, twenties of times. I was fortunate enough uh, to see it in 35 millimeter at the TIFF theater uh, probably four or five years ago. So that was really cool. But yeah, that was around that time. Just incredible. Blew my mind. Still the best action movie to this day. 
What is sure. that? What is that series that Tiff put together? Like, what did they call it? Like, well, just I found like at times they would release random things, yeah. just ju- just just probably to make money. You know, you're so right though. There is a series. There is. Uh, uh, like, there yeah. is a name for that program, but I forget. Yeah, because it, yeah. it was just really just cool. Because we saw Terminator yeah. One, and remember they're like trying well, to that explain was at Sco- that. That was at the Scotiabank. That was at the Scotiabank. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We also get it mixed up because sometimes Cineplex also does uh, yeah. does those re-releases, like we saw Jurassic Park and stuff. And, yeah. I also I also feel like Tiff does more like they usually when they do things like that, uh, especially if they're old, there's usually a correlation with screening it uh, on film, right? Yeah, as like opposed to digitally. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And this was like the T two screening I saw was like I was telling Boyan it was just on thirty five millimeter and it so many imperfections in the film stock because I'm assuming it's just been mm-hmm. sitting around. So that was interesting to kind of go back in time and see. Something like that again, as as you would have seen it from 91, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. f- for me, I was kind of absolutely blown away with it as a kid. First of all, like for me, this was the scariest movie when I was a kid because oh, yeah. like I grew up obviously with no like censorship around violence. Like my whole, like my, especially <laughs> yeah. with like my same, grandfather, same. especially with my grandfather, he was like, people are having sex. I don't want that smut on TV, <laughs> but it's like dudes fake hand stabbing a guy in the fucking head. It's like, oh, that is acceptable for a youngin to acknowledge. Yes. This is why we have gun violence yes. um, in North America. We have a gun violence issue in North America. Uh, yeah, I watched it as a kid, obviously, with my family. And, like, it was, for me, the scariest movie, especially because Robert Patrick is just so fucking dialed in. You know what I mean? And, like, anytime Schwarzenegger fights Robert Patrick, he's, like, completely outclassed and... Just the whole thing. And I remember watching it with my parents, but also like being completely, you know, mesmerized by the special effects because it's such a big movie. It's like Mm -hmm. it's one of the most James Cameron of James Cameron movies. And I was just completely blown away by it. I have literally seen it probably almost 100 times. I've like anytime it's on TV. I know at the uh, mine refinery, one of the mine refinery cottage extravaganzas, we watched it. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. So like this thing was just such so big for me as a kid. And again, like really, really, really scary. Like I almost like, is this like felt like it was a horror movie. Whereas I think the first Terminator feels more like a horror movie than an action movie, if anything, because like they don't stand a chance against the, you know, the first Terminator and it's very much them trying to escape it. And it's, it's scary as fuck. I just, kind of captured my imagination that way mm-hmm. and not to mention i'm i'm pretty sure at least for me that that was the first introduction of the idea of like ai taking over human race and like, it's one of them and, yeah, and, and sure. destroying it and i i don't like i'm sure in sci-fi there's been you know that's not an original idea but it feels like in popular culture that's always the reference whenever somebody talks about ai and that's a pretty big yeah that's think, a pretty big role in terms of our like general culture like oh this is what we should be afraid of even though it's a movie every time a computer gets smarter we're like hmm at what point are they going to kill us <laughs> and it really <laughs> plays definitely gonna happen. and it really yeah. plays into this idea of like humans as i think this is why i mean we'll get into it because going forward but you know i think it really you know plays on the existential crisis that it provides but also as a reflection of you know humans and their fallibility with war and conflict and mm-hmm. you know nuclear weapons and all this kind of stuff it's funny because james cameron recently said that he came up with the idea 
it came to him while he was on ecstasy and i'm like this like guy's all good d- ideas like all good ideas i'm like this, i'm like this guy does ecstasy and the thing he thinks about is like a nuclear holocaust can't you just like <laughs> can't you just like touch something fuzzy and enjoy it yeah also i don't know much about ecstasy but i, I didn't know it was like a thing people did and then did creative stuff with isn't it more of like a like a sensation sort of like you know feel like you know physical sort of sensation i'm rather not than saying like... i've tried ecstasy boyan but i'm definitely <laughs> saying that you can be creative on it i'm like if okay. a band like the verve did an entire album the nor uh a northern soul completely on it and uh you know it's i think it's I mean, it's different for everything, but I definitely don't think it's a let's think about the existential nature and annihilation of humanity via nuclear holocaust created by an artificial, <laughs> a violent artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. So, I mean, you know, I mean, that it, sounds like a more of a psychedelic thing when you when you really like a bad trip, like a bad psychedelic trip. Yes. So I don't know how he did that to him, but all right, I'm glad. I'm glad he took E. <laughs> So yeah. uh, I want to talk about where James Cameron's career is going into this flick. Ooh. Like where, where, how is he going into this? What has he done? What are his accolades? What is he still looking to do? Oh man. He is like, uh, he was up until this still pushing the technical boundaries of, of everything CG. And also this is one of those big VFX stepping stone movies, T2. This is like, if we're talking big special effects stepping stones, we're talking about like Close Encounters, we're talking about E.T., like we're talking about, in the 80s at least, Aliens and Aliens 2, and mm. the, and then his previous VFX extravaganza, which was The Abyss, yeah. was the stepping stone to this, obviously, given the water effects and stuff like that, and how it translated over to the T-1000 yeah. uh, liquid Terminator. So, I mean, he was already, like, in a perfect sort of pocket to do this. I think just the big thing about this is, aside from the special effects, which are groundbreaking, and then in turn led to them being able to do Jurassic Park two years down the road. I mean, the, the I think the big thing for this is the story for this movie is, is really sort of what makes it the standout technical stuff, as, like, aside. Because I think this is where sort of his storytelling reached its peak for me. It's was uncharacteristically human. It's uncharacteristically human, especially uh, what he was able to do with Schwarzenegger's character by the end of the film. That, for me, was the real big thing with it. This idea of, like, humanizing a robot and just, like, having the robot be a reflection of humans Mm -hmm. and how they act. And, like, John being like, you can't kill him. Why? You just can't. (laughs) Why? Yeah. You can't, okay? You can't. I'm like, man, I kill that kid in five seconds. He'd be terminated. <laughs> I would have failed my mission. It'd be like mission failure was what my screen would say. You also, you also got to see like it's kind of just an achievement, uh, uh, you know, to get that kind of thing out of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know he's being monotone most of it, and so he used Arnold in the best way possible to oh, yeah. to really say something something bigger about machines and 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 what you know AI and all that stuff. So that's gotta, that's, he, that's an achievement to Cameron. That, yes, you got to give him credit for that for picking Schwarzenegger first of all. Like yeah. I know, like I know Schwarzenegger was doing like Conan the Barbarian with John Milius before he was doing mm-hmm. Terminator, but. At the same time, like, Terminator is a whole other animal. Like, he's got to act like a cyborg. And then even with T2, he's still got to act like a cyborg, but he's got to somehow find the humanity in that. Like, it's a, that's a big fucking challenge for any actor, let alone Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Like, Especially given the first one too, because like in the first one he is the robot and he's just mm-hmm. he's being just the scary. Straight, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like in the first one, James Cameron's coming off the epic Piranha Two: The Spawning, and <laughs> fucking, you know what I mean? And the first one is such a That's scary peak movie. James Cameron. It's, peak, it's <laughs> yeah. really he's like he's yeah. like he's like fucking uh, Orson Welles. He pay, he's he, he peaked early. Was he strapping um, IMAX cameras to real piranhas and filming it in, in yeah. the depths of some lake somewhere? Like I'm going to need would. a IMAX camera that's roughly three ounces large, <laughs> uh, three ounces in weight. Uh, so, like, with this, he, like, he just kind of, he just morphed it into something else. And that is, like, one of those things where, you know, good sci-fi, good movies and good sequels especially add. Mm-hmm. It really yes. add. Not try to, like, muddy the water like I thought they did with The Matrix. Yes. But... Terminator 2 adds to the lore of this whole thing because we obviously understand the whole thing starts in a dystopian society. You see it, the guy goes back, Kyle Reese goes back, save fucking John Connor, all this kind of shit. But like how they were, he was able to kind of, you know, make it a bigger thing with a bigger message, mm-hmm. I thought was really good. But especially, you know, as you're saying, after The Abyss, like The Abyss is, like, I, lo- I love The Abyss. I'm it's, not, a it's, it's a good flick. It's not a, like, if for me, it's not a super great flick, but I really like watching it. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think, you know, he's at this he's trying he's doing getting to the point where he's trying to become yeah. a, like a little bit more of a mature filmmaker as mature as James Cameron could be. But I mean, um yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I was gonna say you guys already know from before, but I'm I'm more of a fan of the making of the abyss yes. than the abyss Incredible. itself. But just because, and then he he makes Terminator two two years after that, which is I don't. That is, I mean, it is it, it's it's like I don't know, it's like building. I don't know, climbing Mount Mount Everest and then just going going even higher than that. Just in terms of like what it took to create the abyss and then making yeah. Terminator. It's like building after. a like space I'm, elevator on top he, of Mount Everest. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, and you yeah. can see James Cameron was just on fire at this point, basically. Like, it, especially because you know, like if you're the when he's releasing the abyss. You know, it's probably in post-production and when he's in pre-production, a beginning of pre-production for, yeah. uh, you know, because the pre-production on something like this yeah. is usually... Well, it's basically back-to-back if it's two years uh, Yeah, and, 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 and overlap, too, because the idea is you go into post on one of them and then you start mm-hmm. moving into pre on the other, especially if, you know, you're a sadist like James Cameron where you just <laughs> are fucking going at it uh, all the time. But so it's pretty crazy how he's able to dovetail one into the other from, uh, you know, a technical standpoint. And that's one thing I got to give him credit is he always is it's always like another step technologically another step technologically yeah it's just the problem is it's not another step um artistically sometimes (laughs) now that you bring up the technical it almost seems like and i maybe maybe this was already clear otherwise but it almost seems like he he made them he might have been developing them both at the same time or at least writing them both at the same time because 100 because the abyss the abyss tech the abyss tech for for the the alien or whatever spoilers or the creature is is a like a first try at what um the liquid metal effect in in d2 so yeah yeah, one hundred percent. Probably yeah. a natural transition for the I, I, for the ILM team. Transition, sure. but it's also like something like this is we we're we're making this be, yeah. to, to to develop it further for something else mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, something like he would do. You know, he does that a lot with the technology. It's, yeah. it's very James Cameron. I just wanted to quickly touch on the lore again, just as far as the first Terminator goes. Well, well um, let's let's go into that because yeah. you know, like I want to talk about how this compares to the first Terminator and how it expands on the lore. 
Yeah, so obviously it it is T two is the definitive Terminator movie. There will never be any other uh, Terminator film that will touch. Except this Terminator up. Genesis was just a little bit better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. So yeah, like I mean, I haven't seen a sequel this good uh, until I saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I know when we did that podcast, we compared it to T two in the fact that it takes the original uh, film's mythology and just completely enhances it and makes it even more incredible. Uh, it, it opens the world up to an even bigger uh, story and world. And I also think like the big thing that T2 did, and I don't even know if this was something that was shown in the advertising for the film, but the moment uh, in T2 in the hallway where John Connor is stuck between uh, the T-1000 and Arnold in, 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 in the mall... And we finally see that Arnold is like the good guy. Was that mm-hmm. something that was advertised before the film came out? Like, did people know that Arnold was the good guy no, until they saw I, the film? I feel like they. I remember seeing some like old trailers on the Blu-ray that I had, and I think they went with the idea of not revealing that to the to the public. Yeah, it was more guy. like there's this one Terminator, but now this more fucked up Terminator is here. Like right. that's what they really played on, like in watching older theatrical uh, trailers. But they didn't really dive into like, like that he's protecting them. He, and he, the humanity part and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Right, because that's like where this film takes on a whole other sort of element and legendary status is the fact mm-hmm. that if you didn't know that going into this, that's one of those like I am your father type mm-hmm. moments. And yeah, like that's just fucking unbelievable. Like that would have blown my mind, especially in an era where, you know, it's not a, uh, we got to get content out now and we got to put out 15 TV spots and like, you'll know the whole plot of the movie before you see like anything, right? It was still in that sort of movie poster and theatrical trailer is your main marketing era. Right. So given the fact that it was doing that at that time is, I mean, that's fucking awesome. Imagine, imagine how much they could have ruined this if their marketing team did what some they do sometimes now where they just release like all the information. Yeah. All the key points, plot points are just in one trailer. It's like, Mm -hmm. why would I need to go see this? You just gave me the calls. Yeah. Like the trailer shows it's, it's Robert Patrick and him fighting, but it's like, it doesn't, it, it, it leaves, it makes you it's good because it makes you wonder because in the first one like and you see this when you know Sarah sees uh Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. again for the first time and God, she's I love that shot and yeah. she it's like Goes she slow-mo and she's like also she's like ripping through all these fucking guards with a nightstick yeah. and then all of a sudden she sees him and she's paralyzed with fear mm-hmm. and you know and then when her son's with him she's like what the fuck and like like that's a really cool reveal moment and i think that like just when like the big part with the lore is especially when is when you know when they start talking to Miles Benedison and like mm-hmm. he starts to he finds out what the fuck he he what he did right mm-hmm. right and like you start to see it all added up he's on top of each other in that scene, he is incredible it's really good like how do you fucking he sells that yeah. yeah yeah like how the fuck do you have someone tell you that you are responsible for the destruction of humanity and the rise of a fucking like aggressive robot militancy like it's just a completely like it's so cool but i love it's one of those i love the science fiction explainy scenes mm-hmm. where they're like explaining all this shit that's happening and it's just really 
fucking crazy. And I think it's one of the like 2001 touches in a very obviously an exponentially more subtle way about what happens when an AI realizes that it's going to be destroyed. You know what I mean? Yes. And and mm-hmm. what it is. And, you know, I, I think that this was able to do it in such a stark way that plays on the idea of humanity and how self-destructive humanity is. And like the scene with the nuclear holocaust used to freak me the fuck out you yeah, know where she's I had like nightmares i'm sure it uh, is fucking that in, scene. it's intense and when you're younger you don't fully understand what it is and then when you start reading yeah. about nuclear war and and what it is and mutually assured destruction and all these kind of things you know it plays into it and then this idea also dovetailing uh into ai and like it being its own species and us sowing more seeds of our own destruction and this idea of judgment day and using the idea of judgment day, like a biblical reference reference as kind of this touchstone, you know, for what mm-hmm. it is. And yeah. it's just, it, it was just really stark and really crazy. And all I could do was ask a million questions. And my family's like, why the fuck do we let this kid watch it? Now he's just asking <laughs> about our robots going to kill us. I'm just like, Hearing up my hearing my alarm go off and just like r- hiding under the bed or something. Yeah, st- st- pulling a gun on it. Um, <laughs> so just like what they were able to do with the lore was just so intense and um, just stark, but also like so fucking cool as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always want to point out. So what they were able to do with the lore, but then also think about, and this is where uh, all the all the terminators that came after all kind of seem to fail at this is that they they gave you they gave you information only what you needed to know and they gave it to you in bits and pieces and usually in between like set piece or sometimes during a during during an action scene but it's it's you don't need to explain everything you just need to give them enough that they get it that the audience gets it and uh and and you can still you know create create interesting lore and mystery about about the backs about what's happening there so when the other movies go into go into the future and there's machines there like who cares at that point it's not they, <laughs> it's, it's just like you're revealing something that does it that can be left to the imagination and is scarier that way yeah. than you know if you go right into it and 100 it loses the mystique of, yeah, exactly. of everything that the that this film has right yeah. when, they when give you, you one shot right it's like one shot at the beginning is 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 the machines walking in and the uh and scary you know, as fuck and scary yeah. as fuck and uh that's all you needed that and you know the nuclear uh, the nuclear holocaust scene and that's it yeah yeah i think terminator salvation could have been good under certain circumstances like one mcg not directing it um <laughs> and contributing to the story i'm like why the fuck are they getting this guy to do it? if you can get jim cameron to do it then yeah like figure out someone else who can work because like like when you leave like the third terminator was just fucking he's like picking up a coffin and doing all this shit and i just yeah. like i just can't it was just a fucking mess and talk to the hand it's just i <laughs> you know what it, you know what it is it, it reduces too, too much what's what's good about terminator what's good about terminator 2 is is that it has its kitschy a- action moments in it mm-hmm. right it has those moments enough to make it an action movie but it has like such a like sci-fi and rich storytelling and what they did was with Terminator 3 they're like how can we make it as kitschy as fucking humanly possible 
Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it just was ridiculous and it just didn't like it just felt devoid of really, you know, anything. And the also the other thing too is like especially when he's interacting with John Connor. The cool thing about Terminator Two, looking you know in hindsight, almost forty years later or thirty years later now, uh, you, you know that's where John Connor's relationship with the Terminators starts is in T Two. So it's like yeah. you're seeing sort of an an early version of him sort of understanding the enemy to some degree, and you know especially in like the later films where. Uh, like in Terminator 3, I said that talk to the hand line because he's just like in a convenience store and he just says it for no reason. Right. It's and so where dumb. it's like where it's like in T2, he's interacting with John with uh, with a teenager learning all these things. And that's what ultimately humanizes the Terminator. But in T3, it just comes off as like hokey and stupid because there's nothing to prompt it. Like there's nothing that 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 that. Like, there's no reason for it. It's just in there, right? So it started getting into ridiculous territory, right, after T2. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm surprised that you can remember any of that, because I feel like uh, any Terminator that I saw after T2, I kind of just overrode it with better memories. Terminator 3, <laughs> I, I, I remember vividly. Like I, oh, That's like the last one that I remember vividly, yeah. though. Like, I saw Salvation and some of Genesis, but I don't remember shit, really. From from those other ones, yeah, it was. Uh, both were absolute fucking train wrecks. Yeah. So Terminator Two, what is the true standout performance? It's Arnold. I think it's Lynn. Linda it's Linda. Hamilton. I think it's Linda uh, Hamilton. I, mean, I would say, like, with she's that awesome said, with that, with that said, Arnold Schwarzenegger in this, this is a perfect example of proper cat like casting that works because mm. he's within his range totally mm. right. But he he doesn't have to stretch his range that much, but he can do it, and he gets what the fuck is going on, and mm. he does it exceptionally well. Yes. Oh yeah. I just think I, Linda is is or, or sorry Sarah Connor is the kind of like the emotional core of the whole thing. Not just the emotional yeah. core, but she's also the most uh, developed and in depth character. Like obviously she has the background from T one, but then you know right away it's like. I, her kid thinks she's crazy at the beginning she's in an insane asylum like you you know what the truth is she knows what the truth is everyone around her is treating her like she's nuts she's going like obviously this would be an awful like she goes through so much like and there's so much for her like setup and payoff and setup and payoff you know she got (laughs) she killed she beats the hell out of the guy that licked her she like the 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 doctor gets his comeuppance when 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 he sees everything she like he's been calling her crazy about happen in front of him Mm -hmm. the liquid metal uh you know going through the bars and all that stuff like and you know and as it develops like who she had to become to try and make her son who she thinks he's gonna need to be but then it's it's I don't know she I think she's she's the she's the, absolutely the most interesting character and Linda Hamilton killed it. With, I don't with that I, I don't disagree with any of that. In fact, uh, like talk about a difference between how her character is in T one and yeah. how we see her at the beginning of T two. Like it's the polar opposite mm-hmm. of, of what she's like. And there's also a lot of stuff that you know happened in between the two stories as well. That's sort yeah, of led her uh, uh, to turn into this crazy warrior, right? Yeah, he references like how she like would sleep. 
or, or to with any like guy that might be useful in teaching her, you know, something, whether it's, 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 you know, hacking or it's, uh, cause he, you know, hacked that bank computer or yeah. breaking out of prison or fighting or whatever weapons. And like, she, you know, from what she was in Terminator one, she, she just basically like devotes her existence to making John Connor who and training him. Yeah. And training that, him. Like, yeah. That's the really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. how do you, and then, you know, for it's Edward Furlong, right? Do I? Hear? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. it, is. it is. So like, I, it's, it's weird because like the interaction between them, I find him annoying at times. I think he's overall good, but at times I'm like, I'll fucking beat the shit out of this kid. And how is this guy saving anything? <laughs> but, you know, like you see, like the idea of him coming to terms with like him thinking his mom is crazy and that he's supposed to be some like big military leader and what that means. And he's weighing with that. And then all of a sudden you, your whole life, you think your mother is insane. And then all of a sudden everything she said was true. And he has that mm-hmm. moment where he's like, everything mm-hmm. she said was true. All of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. but then, that's it, and, and then it doesn't stop there. Like they get her out and he, you know, like, he's happy they got her out and she's pissed at him for risking himself. She's like, don't even ever, don't ever do that even for me. Yeah. Like, and then he's, you know what I mean? Like, this is a kid who hasn't seen his mom without was crazy. He hasn't had a mom in his life for, you know, who knows how long. And then, uh, you know, now she's like, basically, I guess to a kid rejecting him in a way, just because he, you know, she sees this purpose for him that he still doesn't get. Cause He's a kid, but so he, I mean, he does a great job. And I think a lot of the annoying thing is just, that's just, there's there's that commonality between children, like children's roles in, in, in a lot of movies. Like I, you know, Phantom Menace. No, uh, what's no his kid name? who finds out. Yeah. No, that's a whole other any level. Kid, of any, no, but that's no, the thing, though. I, I, no kid who finds out. No kid who finds out that he's supposed to save humanity and is being chased by a killer robot is not going to be annoying. Right. <laughs> but the, the yeah, and, and like the thing is though, with all these kids is that like they are playing their part by being annoying because they're children and we're adults, and of course we're going to find them annoying to some extent. You know, if it. it in, in those situations like they're not going to know the right thing to do or the right thing to say he's also a rebel fine. in acting out because he yeah. thinks his yeah. mom is fucking nuts and he lives 100%. with foster parents that's T1, why t1000 doesn't even realize he's john connery he just tries to kill him because he's annoying yeah then he's like oh two birds one stone but like fantastic but like obviously boyan like uh linda hamilton's character has the most interesting uh character progression of of all the characters 100 yeah. percent. the and, most growth and, and the yeah. most and everything right is this peak schwarzenegger though i think it's he, peak, so it's... i was gonna dovetail into that <laughs> okay. yes it is uh peak schwarzenegger this is yeah, him at the 100%. peak of his this is him at the peak of his abilities the peak of his power it's such an iconic role i think that's why for me like this is the movie that solidified him as a legend forever in my yeah. mind um, was this performance and obviously he's the face of, of of terminator so but this was a movie where you really got to see you know what like he's a great physical presence and mm-hmm. james cameron knew how to sort of squeeze every ounce of sort of physical acting ability out of him and i'm sure there was a, a ton of like you know where, where where he was guiding him, but credit to Arnold for basically bringing That's a really it good point as far as he can with this, just yeah. because like everything about it is amazing. Like the scene where he smiles for the first time, where he like manages to like crack that smile from that straight face, is one of the funniest things I've when ever he holds seen. the gun. When he holds no, the, gun the gun, and gun. he just like he smiles, <laughs> just like and that's something that a robot 
you know, wouldn't really do, right? But it's part of the progression of him and John Connor that they go down. And there's right? him becoming more human-like exactly. as well. And, and it's really fucking good. And the fact that you yeah. can see that progression, like, throughout the movie, and it's natural, and it makes sense, and it's perfect, basically, to how everything is going, it's it's flawless. Yeah, yeah it, also, it, also, it also means that, like, he was... He's good enough of an actor physically that he understood that not not for a second in any of the earlier scenes before the the humanizing start uh, aspects come in, not for a second can he like walk or move like a regular like he would regular like or like a regular right. human or or, yeah. or a human character. Like he has to always come off like this just cold metal machine wearing flesh on top on top of the uh, exoskeleton and and he yeah. wasn't even he wasn't even supposed to be terminator like to my knowledge i'm pretty sure originally they talked about him for kyle reese and it was wow. when him and james cameron had a meeting about terminator and he was talking about um how like the terminator's got to move He's like, he's got to basically, you know, you can't have him be like swaggering. Like he's got to walk like this. He's got to like look and and he's got to be mechanical, right? He's got to yeah. do all these things. And that was when Cameron was like, well, you kind of seem to have a an idea of what we're trying to get at. Why don't you just fucking Play give it a yeah, try? Yeah. And apparently it was a really like, the studio was very concerned about it too, obviously. because studio is always concerned. It's Schwarzenegger, right? So he's always a like. Studios, studios, always like, how's this guy gonna play a fucking cyborg? I don't know. He's a Mister Universe, like, <laughs> uh, like a fucking, like, like, like. I don't know. Uh, it's just like, can you imagine him is not Terminator. Can you imagine him being dead ass Kyle Reese. Yeah, well, Kyle he Reese went, gets lit uh, up. Well, he went like he wanted to play the Terminator, right? Like, so he, yeah. to his own credit, pursued it, even though he was already in talks to be involved in some regard anyway. But, um. Yeah, just I can't he, imagine him as Kyle Reese. Like, no, well, no, you, you, you can't imagine anyone else playing the Terminator. It's not even an period. acting ability thing. It's like a Kyle Reese can't look powerful. Like he can't look like he can kick a, a you know ass. He he can't yeah. look like he can kill the Terminator with his bare exactly. hands. <laughs> the movie's twenty. The night movie's twenty five minutes long. Yeah. It's just he one punches fucking Terminator. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it's it's just the cat like Schwarzenegger was just so fucking good in it and i want to take i want to also talk about uh robert patrick because yes he like he he is scary in this movie like he's good he's really fucking good because you got to do the same thing that schwarzenegger does right and he's got to be even colder and even more fucking Mm -hmm. stern and even more dangerous and he's not that big no. Like you look at him and he's like not mm-hmm. as he's clearly much smaller than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And when they fight, he just obviously whips his ass like mm-hmm. it's it, it, he's just a Robert Patrick's just so good. And that's the thing, like where whereas whereas Termin- like uh, uh, Schwarzenegger's Terminator has to look like a like a like a war machine like you know what i mean like a just yeah. like a general like a big heavy thing like a and whereas robert patrick is more of just like you you look at those eyes there's no soul like he has no, to project zero. soulless he's an assassin killing he's stabbing assassin. knife at all times yeah i, I got an so. important question though about arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. do you think he becomes governor without this movie no 
I think he's got no swag <laughs> no. to get into this no, fucking government. No, no he no. loses no. all of his catchphrases. He loses a lot of them. Like I'll, like I'll be back. Like, like he'll he'll the baby. that's the big one. No. Um, but I mean, like he was like, I think the movie he did right before this was Total Recall. Yeah. So like Arnold had been working up to this this film, and this is for sure his peak. Obviously, like the eighties were were arguably his decade, but this but that this turned him into a fucking 90s star as well. With so he, here's the release order, okay? Mm-hmm. Commando. Yeah. So we got the first Terminator, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, <laughs> huge, yeah. Twins. I love twins. Total I love twins. <laughs> Total Recall. Then he, so in the same year 1990 they released Total Recall and I think his toughest role of all time Kindergarten Cop. And uh then Terminator 2 comes out in 91. Intense. Right. That's some intense work happening. That's a lot of work. He put it in. That's for Your sure. Your wins True Lies. True Lies oh, 94, 94, 94. Yeah. 94. Yeah, and then he came out with the classic Eraser. <laughs> and Jingle All the Way. Oh, I uh, love Jingle All the Way. Jingle what was the Eraser? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I remember that. Yeah, I remember Eraser. It's been so long. I think I've yo, seen it, but I, yo, I don't Which was the one was that. that fucking... Do you remember the Mad TV sketch making fun of fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger where it was talking about, like, clones and baby clones and shit like that? Oh, and I'm like, oh, was it Eraser no. where he's like, this is my clone? It might have been. No, this isn't, is my isn't, baby clone. It, isn't no, that, that the sixth day? That's the sixth day. It's a sixth day. Good call. Yeah. It's it, it's a sixth day. I do remember that though. So I want to get into like some of the scenes here because I think you know we've talked about you know peeps here and and we and boy and I'm glad you mentioned the uh, uh, what's the guy who plays Miles Benedison? Jesus oh, Christ, on, what is his here. fucking it's, name? Uh, it's Joe Morton. Joe mm-hmm. Morton because he's in a bunch of stuff and also like he was great. In, he had a small role in uh, American Gangster. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's he, in speed. Don't he's in speed, speed as well. Um, mm-hmm. The the Miles the, the Miles Benedison character absolutely is it Benedison or Dyson? Dyson. My, Benedison. Hang on. Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson. That's what it says on IMDb. It says Mo- Miles Dyson. Okay, so it's Miles Dyson. Okay, so anyways, that I'm glad Boyan you mentioned it before we start getting into, which is going to be a, a hilarious question. Um. Because he was, he probably has the most emotional weight put on him in the in least the, amount of time. In the least amount of time, <laughs> yeah. Like I know that ten minutes ago you were good, but right now, and we just lit up your whole fucking house. But you are responsible for uh, the annihilation of billions of people, and it's like, well, oh fucking k. And he eat and he deals with it, and just and and re, and he ends up being a hero. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought that was really, really great and definitely deserved to be, yeah. you know, it's, pointed it's, out. It's a nice that, you know, it's not a, it's, there's no mad scientist trope there because it's like, yeah, he's a scientist, but, and, and, you know, scientists get into making stuff without really always thinking about the consequences or knowing what they could be. And then when he's faced the, faced with them, you know, he adopts new information and like a true scientist you know, changes his course based on new information, which and is just yes. such, a, such a really cool, also like just written the, the fact that it's written that way, instead of going into the tropes of like, yeah. you know, mad scientist tropes. Uh, it, it, it's really yeah. nice. Yeah. The ghastly look on his face that whole time. Like uh, we, I mean, oh, John was yeah. talking about, you know, physical acting. He, he does it so fucking well. And it, it's funny because the character definitely, you know, it, it has those allusions to like the creators of the atomic bomb where, you know, once they had that first test, at Los Alamos, they're like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck have we done?" 
yeah. right? Because uh, again, it goes to the the Jurassic Park quote where it's like you were too worried about whether you could do it, but you didn't wonder if you should do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whether or not you should do it. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think I want- the line, the, the equivalent line in Terminator Two is like, you know, they they I asked them that once, but it, and um and they told me, you know, don't ask, basically. In terms right. like, like where, like where, they where found did it. this come from? Yeah. yeah, where did you find? So like it? that's yeah. the that's the like I'm not even thinking about this. It's not worth thinking about anymore. Don't yeah, do <laughs> I also think it's pure coincidence. No, that he was also Cyborg's father. In oh yeah, Justice he was he was great, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> what yeah, a coincidence! Totally coincidence. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I love those it's like three a twenty year old typecast. <laughs> He's typecast as a guy. He's a thirty-year-old cyborg, cybernetic uh, (laughs) typecast. Um, You play a good scientist. uh, You play a good scientist who creates cyborgs. Would you like to create another one? (laughs) So I want to talk about here, and this is going to be hotly contested. Maybe hotly contested. What is the most James Cameron scene in this flick? And what is your favorite? Oh man. Boy, why don't you start off first? Oh shit! I don't know, man. Like most Cameron scene. Hmm. How, how what would you define as 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 the most? Okay, that's, that's a fair massive. It ha, it's a massive set piece with mm-hmm. unnecessary um, explosions. Oh, okay, I got grandeur. It. I got it. You have to yeah. remember this is the pre-drone uh, era, so yeah, anytime you're seeing too. a float, anytime you're seeing a floating camera, it's yeah. on a helicopter, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Right. When they go back to uh, uh, the 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 company, whatever the, the lab, the tower, the lab, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's just like there's like. 30 cop cars, oh, there's yeah. a helicopter, there's explosions, there's <laughs> got a goddamn du- minigun. Dual, gr- dual gr- <laughs> is, it, is it dual grenade launchers at one point, or is it, or is oh, that, am I thinking something else? Yeah, that, of course. Plus a, mini, a minigun, like, oh yeah. <laughs> Where he's shooting oh, yeah. up the police cars with the minigun, like and where not, he walks like, killing to the anybody, window. but like just blowing shit up. The, yeah, the scene where he <laughs> walks to the window and blows it open with the minigun and just starts lighting up the parking lot is yeah. one of the most James Cameron things I've ever. It's seen. It's a big James Cameron scene. I like. I. I like. <laughs> I was saying when we did Samantha were watching, I was like, just keep in mind here that back in the day, in the pre-drone era, that that helicopter flying being shot at level is being shot with another helicopter. And like, you're just, like, you're just, you probably have multiple helicopters oh, yeah. shooting the overheads and shit as well. And then, like, and then obviously shooting the first person of the helicopter itself and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So, like, it's just this, like, huge-ass fucking scene and it's just ridiculous. Just blo- cars are blowing up. The whole fucking building blows up. Oh, yeah. Yo, this is, this is how this went. Uh, James Cameron got the producer in the office and he has, like, toy cars and everything and <laughs> and he's just like, all right, this is what this scene's gonna be. And honestly, we gotta give props to whoever produced this for like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Because it's like, <laughs> I need, I need thirty cars. They're all gonna blow up. I need a building I can blow off the side of it. I need uh, one fake helicopter and one real helicopter while explosions are going off. Yeah, a million blanks, please. And <laughs> I need a helicopter <laughs> just for the first AC so he can pull focus. <laughs> Um, it's just like, like a fuckload of squibs. Like, yeah. just give me all the squibs you have. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna need, we're gonna need all the squibs you have in LA. That is yeah. fucking so funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so fucking. It's such a big scene. Um, I thought you know it was one that I, I that's like one of my favorite parts in the whole fucking movie. It's yeah. just and he has to, so he had to do that. Like we we're like yeah. he, you know oh, with all the buildup of all the action scenes and they're all incredible like just that that truck chase scene in the beginning just setting everything off and so much builds up and then he he does this big thing and then and somehow the last battle like in when you know when they melt and all that is not 
it's not the biggest scene, but it's we've already had that like emotional payoff from the biggest explosions and 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 action yeah. that we're okay with now. This like more laced in like danger and then like the emotions between you know of what's happening between the three uh, hero characters. Do you there. think Roland Emmerich shadowed him on this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't think, I don't think I don't think he le- learned the right lessons. Or the ex- just... uh, no, he wasn't there for story. He was there to blow. Like, how am I going to blow up L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> how am I gonna? How are we gonna do that? Uh, Pearl Harbor. Um, is it, was no. he Pearl Harbor? Was that Emmerich? No, that no. was fucking. Well, um, does the, that was the, Bruckheimer. The that was Jerry Bruckheimer. That was a, okay, yeah. Anytime, Bruckheimer. anytime anybody has blown up the White House in the last thirty years, it's yeah. Roland Emmerich. Producers <laughs> on this, by the way, were um, Gail Ann Hurd and uh, Mario Kazar were the two executive producers. Because um, we know anything? They've... Oh, of course, Mario yeah, Kazar. You'll big. know from Stargate, Total yeah. Recall, Rambo first blood oh yeah okay and galen heard yeah galen heard is involved with like aliens armageddon similar action flicks right as far as yeah, set, oh, yeah. Sets that's going that's a star line producer oh, yeah. i definitely love the because i used to love the making of of this uh the, the holocaust scene so because that was just mm-hmm. that was blown up miniatures mm-hmm. so yeah. like cameron loves to blow up his fucking miniatures the part where the fucking gas truck blows up with t1000 in it mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah. he fucking walks out like it's just and he adds these i like that cameron adds these like little funny parts where like t1000 can't get out yeah. Uh, remember, he like can't get out of the door and shit. He's gonna add a little fucking comic you, relief. He does, and he does. Yeah, he does that in a few like very like just like a uh, blink and you'll miss it. Like even in the beginning when they're in the mall, he, there's a there's a mannequin that's all silver. And he look, he like gives it a look, like what, it, like what are you, like what is this? Like, are you, this is a joke. <laughs> and then he moves on. It's yeah. just like it's like the shortest of shots. They should have had it cut into its Terminator vision. It's like just as pose. <laughs> it just says poser, target, poser. Yeah. Fuck By it. the way, while we were discussing the uh, the whole lab fucking destruction scene, not one of you said. I want fire on the bike. I don't oh. care how you do it, and I want it in five. <laughs> yeah, because all these. I remember asking uh, a very talented, uh, a very talented cinematographer in his own right, Dave Stewart. Uh, I'm just like I remember him and me were just clearly smoking weed and watching this movie, and I'm like, I got a question: How many of these little things are? Do you think the fire on the bike is a creative decision? He was like, I don't know <laughs> if that's the proper amount of fire, and he's like, I can just see James Cameron now. I want fire in the bike. I don't care how you do it, and I want it in five. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It perfectly sums up James Cameron's yeah, yeah, for sure. He's like action hey, set piece. Can you just put some little random fire on the bike, please, to I make this more I, ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of want to do a deep. I wanted to do a deep, deep dive of research after this. Like, does he have just like this one special effects explosives and fire guy that he's just used in every movie that he's yeah. Muted he he recommends it. He's probably like, oh, I got a fire guy. I can they recommend have like to a, you. They have a link, every... like a really intimate connection where they understand. Yeah. He just gives them a look, and he just know. Every action director, every action director worth their salt has a good fire guy boy. Yeah, <laughs> God, they give him nicknames like Practical Pete and shit like you, that. You, you, you know why you never fire? You, ne- you never fire the fire guy. Yeah, going to burn nope. everything down yeah. if you well, do. It's like, make well, your I life know. a living hell. Yeah, it's like he's I a know. pyro with a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unem- worst thing you can have is an unemployed pyro. Yeah. <laughs> I would also say that one of the best car chases in cinema is in this movie. I love. Oh, yeah, I love the, the, the bike chase. Uh, the bike chase. Which one? There's 
so many. The bike chase yeah. in the uh, where they're going through like the viaduct is fucking. Uh, the, yeah, the river, Aqueduct, LA so, river. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. It's really fucking, really, really fucking cool. Also, yes, as a note, so several years later they would use that river uh, system to divert lava from the movie Volcano. Yes, um, they would. Incredible. Mm. Uh, I also I didn't get to what my favorite scene in the movie was though. Like we were talking about the most James Cameron scenes. What is the most James Cameron scene? Well, we talked about it. The lab scene is the oh, most yeah, the James Cameron scene. Cameron yeah. scene. We all agree scene. on that. Yeah, but 100%. my my favorite scene in the whole movie is when they're breaking Sarah Connor out of the out of the insane it, asylum. That's the that yeah. for me is the one. That is that's the my favorite scene. Fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite scene, especially the parts where, um, you know, everybody sees the Terminator for the first time, and then the T one thousand comes through yeah. the bars. And the doctor is just like just awestruck uh, and while like his his jaws dropped and he's just watching. He's like he, he sees him goes through the bars. Yeah. He sees that every everything like oh I love that. And like, then and, instant and, payoff for for a character you care about. Like I mean, and, and then they get in the and then they get in the elevator and then they get in the car and then they have the like the running chase like the scene in the elevator where the oh, yeah. doors open and he blows his head wide open with the shotgun. I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was like I re- I must have rewound that part I don't know how many times. Oh, and, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I, I want to say that anybody, I mean, anybody interested in movies, this is honestly a masterclass in both in just filmmaking, but in editing and, and pacing of oh, action. Because yes. even just think about that scene. Like he's getting chased. Uh, he blows his head off. They think they're safe. He starts prying the, uh, sorry, he starts prying the, the, the doors open. He blows his, his head off, kind of slows him down for a second. The elevator starts going down. He jumps on the like you get a moment of like oh like okay they're gonna get get away they're gonna get away and then he jumps down and then he's like slashing and stabbing through the roof and then like again you get a little piece piece after they get it it's like a not the the pacing of it and the intensity of it is never always one hundred percent but it's always just growing and growing and it gives you like a bit of rest in between uh you know in certain parts of the uh, uh the, the action which is a great way of keeping action going and still making every moment sort of meaningful yeah in, in terms of what's I happening was, but yeah. too many things are going on and 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 constantly like you just stop caring it gives room I, to breathe yeah, yeah. I, I was obsessed with the way schwarzenegger handled that shotgun when I was a kid, like oh, yeah. the way that he like he twisted it around his hand to to re to recock it, and just like the like the sound effects that that it had, especially inside the elevator when he's just like firing into the ceiling while this fucking sword hands is coming through the top, like it's fucking <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna give you guys a special invite. Uh, uh, if you really like that shotgun, um, uh, my friend owns that same uh, model of shotgun oh, uh, just recently. And if you guys want to come to range and shoot it, uh, you can. Uh, big note, though, no human can actually pull <laughs> off uh, no. w- that because it would yeah. it would break your wrist if you did <laughs> that. Not only that, and you might also hit the trigger when it's like going under your arm when you're I know a human it. who could probably do it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mr. Olympus. He did not do it with a light gun, but yes. Yeah, yeah no, it's oh. it's hell, it's a lot of fun. I love that shotgun. I, I, like there's so many and and, that, and he makes that shotgun I- iconic. Yes. Uh in that movie. Oh yeah. I want to just for our last talking point here, is this peak James Cameron? <sighs> yes. Yes it is. I mean, is this probably the best thing he's ever made? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. In terms of like him buying into his own uh, 
legend and then just becoming more james cameron he's i would say there's been it, there's been other movies where he's more James Cameron, but in a negative way. Where, you yeah, know I mean? so like, I think the more James Cameron you get, the less good it is. Yeah, so there Whereas was a peak, and this then there is was a like balance. a fall. Like, this yeah. is a good balance. Like, for my favorite James Cameron movies, it's like this true lies in, like, Aliens to, uh, and Aliens. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Like, Titanic, I mean, it's 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 a technical marvel of a movie, just like Avatar is. My biggest criticism with a movie like Titanic is they had all these historical things they could have pulled from to make a like an actual like great story out of it and they chose to make a a sort of a romance out of this this thing. And I know why he did it too. Yeah, but it's not he, even he, a good romance. Like there's no, a lot of stuff like, from the archives. Yeah. Like it's just this basic ass. You know shit. that he did it, by the way, to sell tickets. To make yeah, it appeal to yeah, a yeah. mass audience. That's, that's why what, he that's did what it. it is. Yeah, but you can I I don't buy that you can't give like you can't go more not more into depth but you can't source from like better things and do uh make better uh you know romantic scenes and whatnot. you can make I a agree. better that's what cool point. Agree. you can make, a, make better... a ton of money like i, I don't think you need to dump things down no, i don't even but, care about but he it did. wasn't even the it wasn't even the casting like the cat like those are two top yeah. quality actors that's Absolutely. it mm-hmm. but like he could have like he could have made this more and even more about like for example class and stuff on it like there was mm-hmm. so much so much rich stuff he could have pulled from that I'm just like he did this basic ass shit and I'm like this kind of takes away from the whole technical marvel and then also it takes away from the fact that you have a legit cast like the cast is great mm-hmm. yeah. cast yeah. is cast there's from no, top there's to no bottom weak points in that no cast. there's no even weak points in that cast even Zane even Zane is there we yeah. have fucking yeah. Billy Zane yeah um, he does a good douchebag at all times so. yeah so like yeah. you know and uh, he's not yet the mummy no Billy Zane wasn't in the mummy it's just like a dude who looks like Billy Zane um <laughs> Um, so, like, my whole thing was, like, I don't know, fuck Titanic. I feel like I went on my very first date to go see it when I was in, like, grade seven or something. Yeah. And, like, I'm, like, other than that, it was terrible. So, and, yeah. like, Avatar, fuck Avatar. Like, av- like again, this is another movie that has a technical marvel. Like, yeah. Avatar looks incredible. I remember when there's these, like, little willow things following in it, and mm-hmm. 3D, they're, like, right in front of you, and I'm, like, wow, this is really good. But then, like, 30 minutes in, I'm, like, this is Fern Gully. Yeah, well, it is. It is yeah. so, uh, so for Pocahontas me, and Ferngully. That's so what it is. Of original creations that he's kind of put together, I mean, Terminator is really the one that has the most yeah. humanity, but also the most overall badassness per minute. Yeah, 100%. Like, Terminator 2 hits every single box. It hits the story box. It hits the technical box. It hits the action adventure box. Um, it's and got a kid also, in and, it, and, the, and, the, and the acting box it hits as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, for the most it's, part, I feel like there's a bit of like cringy, like from the some, some act, a little bit from, from uh, Edward Furlong. There's a few cringy things, but that might be just the disconnect between, you know, 80s slang and, and, and yeah, the 90s. I think absolutely. Uh, yeah. I but think, then there's also like his par- his foster parents have a few, like in their first scene is kind of very cringe like you know <laughs> yeah but they, not, they 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 they're get, not very good in the beginning they get they get theirs for that you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like like <laughs> yeah. like dude's trying to drink 
trying to drink milk and then all of a sudden getting like stabbed in the yeah, head with yeah. uh they get shit. two scenes and one of them is them dying yeah. so yeah, what, what i'm fine. saying is there's no sarah connor level character oh, yeah. stuff happening in no in, in titanic or, or 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 avatar yeah yeah sarah like there is like that is the most intense and she had like her preparation for it and i remember uh the illustrious jenna jenna hamilton friend of the show friend of the mind refinery uh worked with linda hamilton and just said she was an absolute pleasure to work with yeah. um and that she was just nice which makes sense because she seems nice and really great in all her interviews and i don't know how she was married to james cameron for well i guess they were married for only 13 months but that happens um and, but, but yeah is that like and, during and, the filming of terminator 2 and your wedding is over. yeah so yeah. like you're totally right john like like there's no tra- transformative thing like that because she like we're talking preparation working out all borderline method acting for it as much as you can method act for sarah connor Mm -hmm. um it's just like oh pretend your husband's terminator um and you know like like kind of just the the ability to do that so like Mm -hmm. i think of any james cameron movie i would say that this is where also the best performance yes yes absolutely i think um yeah, like I just feel like this this one um, shows sort of his, just his ability to do all these things, um, and just it's just it's pure lightning in a bottle. This movie, like, there's no yeah. other way to put it. It's lightning in a bottle. And I'm just looking at your last question here, Kyle. It is 100 percent the dopest flick to have the shittiest sequels in cinematic <laughs> history. Yeah, like the, like the drop off in quality is overwhelming. Like The Matrix is super sick, but I'm still entertained by the sequels of The Matrix. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they're particularly good, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's whatever. This is no, the, like all the subsequent Terminator films are legitimately awful, and this is legitimately a fucking classic. So, I would rather no, watch the fa- all, all all the all the other eight Fast and Furious sequels after the yeah. first one than watch the Terminator sequels because they're supposed to be stupid. Yes, like no. I hate them, but they're supposed like they're not. They don't take themselves seriously. No, the only they person who takes like... themselves. Yeah, the only person who takes himself seriously is Vin Diesel, which you can extrapolate from a number of different things. But exactly, yes, 100%. They didn't start with the most iconic action sci-fi movie of all time. That's my big Yeah, exactly. It was like a niche film about like car culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, guys... Uh, thank you so much for doing this we gotta get going um if you haven't seen terminator 2 first of all what the fuck are you doing with your life (laughs) and second get out and see it gentlemen thanks so much for joining us and uh thank you absolutely all right all right guys thanks so much for listening if you liked what you heard rate and subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to follow the mind refinery on social media until next time